this, uh, this past month or so has been a, a pretty heavy time for me. Um, there's been a, an unusual number of significant deaths or, or, or people around me or this body of Christ or that I've been a part of that are facing death or dark circumstances. This past weekend, some of us had the privilege of doing a worship service with Brian Lund. Uh, Brian is uh, a dear brother here at Grace Community Church, and he's known for his hallelujahs up front. Can we get a, a hallelujah for Brian Lund? Hallelujah! Oh man, that was better than you greeting me. I, I tell where the love's at. As Brian's body has um, been fading, and he's preparing to meet our Savior. Um, it's been beautiful to watch him anticipate this time with dignity. In his frailness and his weakness last week, he would squeak out and eke out, Hallelujah. God is good all the time. Another gentleman who is part of our body, Hugo Velarde. As he is facing health issues that has started the clock. And he told me just the other day on Friday, Scott, I don't fear. I'm not afraid. Because of what this church family has done for me and taught me, what I've learned, I'm not afraid. Last week, I was part of a tragic funeral, present at it, of a 40-year-old man who unexpectedly died. We still don't know the, the reasons why. His name's Ryan Brown. He was an associate pastor at a church in Pipestone. And it stunned me that in this funeral service, his daughter was up front leading worship. I couldn't hold back tears as we sang through the song and the lyrics, the ground began to shake, the stone was rolled away, his perfect love could not be overcome. Now death, where is your sting? Our resurrected king has rendered you defeated. Forever he is glorified. Forever he is lifted high. Forever he is risen. He is alive. He is alive. We sing, hallelujah, the lamb has overcome. These three stories are stories of hope in the face of darkness. Hope when there should be absolute despair and brokenness. Fear. No. Hope. Hope isn't without substance and source. For those of you who've been with us here at Grace, these past months here in December, we've been walking through the Apostles' Creed and this ancient creed that, 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 that just summarizes concisely these important truths that are so central to hope. Tonight's portion that we'll be walking through is, is quite appropriate. Jesus, born of a Virgin Mary, conceived by the Holy Spirit. Let's together recite the Apostles' Creed before I begin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, 
creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the grave. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As I mentioned tonight, we emphasize, we stand on, and we proclaim. And my invitation is for us, do you believe Jesus Christ is God's Son, His only Son, our Lord? He was conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of a virgin. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we ask that you now do a work in us just as you caused the life of Jesus to be born in Mary, that he might be God-man. Lord, we need your life to be born in us. We need your light to be born in us and born through us into this world. So Holy Spirit, would you open our hearts to this truth that seems just for many of us so so casual, so, so elementary, or maybe even just a somewhat fantasy. But it's, but it's true. And so much hangs on this Jesus. Lord, may we have the hope of Brian Lund, of Hugo Velarde, of Ryan Brown's family. The hope that you are God and you are man. In your name we pray. Amen. Larry King was this CNN commentator, interviewer back in the day. Some of you are old enough to know Larry King. Some of you are young enough to not know Larry King. But he was famous for his uh, 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 just high caliber, high, high shelf, upper shelf kinds of interviews with, with celebrities and and significant, even controversial kinds of people. And in 1990, Larry King was asked if he could interview anyone of all of history, who would he interview? It's really fascinating. He says, Jesus Christ. And he would want to ask him, or excuse me, the interviewer asked King, what would you want to ask Jesus? And King replied, I would like to ask him if he indeed was virgin born? The answer to that question would define history for me. Some of you know about a jolly old man named St. Nick. The real St. Nick, St. Nicholas, Bishop of Myra, which is kind of out in the Turkey area, about in the era of the 300 AD, he was a bishop in the time when there was great persecution of God's people, of Christians. We're talking just horrific kinds of persecution where Christians 
We're burned alive. We're fed to wild animals. We're used as, as entertainment to be the torture in coliseums in front of many. And the bishops, like St. Nicholas, were one of the many who were jailed and tortured and told, renounce Jesus as king. You should worship the emperor, the emperor Diocletian at that time. The emperor was, he considered himself a god worthy of worship. And if you didn't worship him, it was death. St. Nicholas was one of the few that survived that time. Standing for the truth that Jesus is God. And he would worship no other God. About 325, there was a significant gathering of, of leaders and uh, of Christians. Because a significant issue was at stake. Was Jesus God? One with the Father. What we recite or, or talk about today in the, in, in the Apostles' Creed even. That God the Father, we believe in the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Trinity. What we may take for granted has it been embattled throughout centuries, the millennia since Jesus is coming. St. Nicholas, according to legend, at this council of Nicaea, where there, there was one particular individual named Arius, who believed that Jesus was not God. He was not eternal, but that he was born like any other human being. He was not begotten, he was made. This was a massive, massive argument, a massive issue at that time. And St. Nicholas, while according to legend, while Arius was speaking and arguing for his position that Jesus is not fully God, came up and slapped him. There's new meaning to deck the halls. Maybe we should sing deck the heretics. He was jailed. Spent some time disciplined for his actions, but he was so moved by the disrespect and how dare you reduce our Savior, our God, to a mere man. How impotent and powerless, how dishonorable for all that he has gone through for us. That Jesus was born of a virgin, conceived by a Holy, the Holy Spirit, is no small thing in significance. But it's also no small thing to believe. I, I, I realize that as we walk through this tonight. It's a miracle. And we see that even Mary and Joseph. They understood the significance of this. In the passages that we've read. As we consider the, the angel when, she, when he approached Mary. And he told her. She was going to be with child. She was going to conceive a son and he would become the king in line of David, the son of God, the most high. And Mary's response is, how is this possible? I'm a virgin. She was not stupid. She understood how these things worked. And she and her fiance, Joseph, they had not slept together. And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And therefore you, the child to be born, 
will be called holy. The son of God. This child. Would be so different. Holy. Set apart from all other children. Not like any other. Person. Because. While Mary would give birth to Jesus. God. Is his father. He is both God. And human. The only way that Jesus could be God and human is if this miraculous event beyond logic, beyond natural biology, a divine intervention into history. Only a God who could be a creator of all things. A God who is intimate and And loves us and wants relationship with us. And has always been intertwined in our history. Only a God could enter in and cause life. But there is no life. Mary's response and Joseph's response is... You can jump ahead. A couple slides here. Their reactions indicate to us the truthfulness. The, The Bible here... Remember, this is not this is not fairy tale. These are not children's stories. If it's it's claiming to be truth, and if it's not true, then then all of this is worthless, and we're wasting our time here tonight. To be honest, friends. Luke, who is a physician, who goes to painstaking detail to get accurate, factual information, records the interaction that Mary had, and 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 remember, how does she respond to the angel? How can this be? I've not been with a man. I'm a virgin. Mary wasn't, didn't respond in some flippant way. Mary, Mary didn't, she didn't say something to the effect of, I'm going to miraculously be pregnant without having sex with my husband. Psh, that happens all the time. Let me put an update on my Facebook status or snap Instagram something. She questions this. Joseph, when he hears about this news from Mary, you can imagine. He wasn't like, oh, my fiance is pregnant and it's not my child. It must be from God. I can't wait to tell the other guys. No. No. He was going to divorce her. This was shameful. The only way that she could have been pregnant was if she had an affair. It was only because Joseph had God intervene through a dream to tell him and affirm by another miracle of this angelic visit with Joseph That I'm at work here. Trust me. It doesn't make sense. Both Mary and Joseph. Had their wits fully about them. They understood what was at stake. Mary understood the risk. Women were stoned. For being. For committing adultery. And being pregnant out of wedlock. Mary. Not only. Does she. With her full wits, out of submission, with an angelic account. I imagine that any of us, if we did have an angel 
encounter, we might be convinced that whatever the angel is saying is true. I don't know. What, I haven't had any angel, angelic. Anybody have any? No. Pretty powerful stuff. But there's more here. Consider this. Mary was part of the first church at its beginnings. After Jesus was raised from the dead and he went back to be with the Father, Mary was at the epicenter of the beginning of the movement of Christianity. Worshipping Jesus. Now, a lot of ladies here, you mothers, you love your kiddos, but do you worship them? If you do, we got problems. All right? We need to have a talk. You love them. You put up with them. You might gloss over a lot of issues. But you don't worship your kids. And for your child to be your own savior, let's be honest, Mary needed to be saved. She was not sinless. She was sinful. And Jesus was her savior. And she followed him. She worshipped him. Not only that, but Jesus had a brother who was the head of the church. His name was James. Can you imagine trying to convince your siblings that you're God? Can you imagine? They know everything about you. Right? James, Jesus' brother, was at the head of the church. The early church. Not only that, but he was stoned to death. He was executed for proclaiming that Jesus is God, his own brother. That's some pretty hefty evidence, right? If Jesus wasn't born of a virgin, if Jesus wasn't conceived by the Holy Spirit, he is not God and man. He's a good guy. He had a lot of great things to say. But he's also a liar because of all the things that are implied if he was not God. And the claims he made about himself. That means that we are stuck in our own sin. That means that, that, that we are powerless to succumb to our own desires. It means that, that, that there's no, nothing to remove our shame or our guilt. That means that death is the end. And if death is the end, ultimately, friends, consider this. Just think logically with me that nothing really matters then. If this is all there is, nothing really matters. You and I don't really matter. It's not a small thing that we claim and that we believe this truth. That Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. The dom- when we don't believe it, the dominoes fall. If it's not true. But friends, we know by God's grace, it is true. It is. In the book of Philippians, Paul says this about Jesus becoming a human being. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. What Paul makes clear here, Jesus 
God becoming a human being. He used his power to serve us. He shows us that we are loved. We are creatures that are loved and worth pursuing. And not just pursuing, but even dying for. We have value and worth. You matter and you can't change it. Nothing you've done and nothing that's done to you can change that. Because he's God who became a man. But not only that, he shows us how to be human. He elevates us beyond just merely surviving and living for ourselves. He shows us the way of self-sacrifice for others. Lower yourself. Consider others more important. Lift them up. You know what? In, an, in a world where death is all there is, that makes no sense. It's survival of the fittest. Those who sacrifice themselves, they and their lineage are going to be gone. But what if we sacrifice ourselves because there's more there's more than this. There's more to this life. And Jesus gives us meaning here and now. Consider what the author of Hebrews says this. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set all free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. The author here explains it was so important that he take on flesh. God become a human being because as a human being... He had to be our substitute. He's putting himself in our place to take our judgment. Each one of us deserves God's justice for our sin. But what does Jesus do? He takes it for us. Only a God, only God could be perfect. A perfect sacrifice in our place. And in exchange for our sin and our brokenness, he gives us his righteousness. What a sweet deal. You're forgiven, friends, if you trust in Jesus, if you come to him. If you receive Jesus, the God-man, being born in you as your God, as your Savior. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin. It matters. It matters. Brian Lund has hope because of Jesus. Because Jesus overcame death. He says, hallelujah. And God is good all the time. My suffering has meaning. Hugo Velarde had peace in the face of death. Because Jesus was his substitute. He knew only through Jesus, I'm forgiven. I don't have to keep trying to pay for my penalty. I don't have to keep trying to erase my wrongs. I'm loved and welcomed because of Jesus. 
Ryan Brown's family. Rejoice in the face of sorrow. Because only God could be raised from the dead. And the best is yet to come. Hope. Today. Christmas Day. We celebrate that hope is born. Light shining in the darkness. As the seasons change. As we. Especially in Minnesota. Experience winters here. And the, and the days get darker. I hate it when it gets dark at 4.30. It's horrible. <clears throat> we have even things called seasonal affective disorder, right? We're, 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 our bodies are, are very much intertwined with God's creation, and, and we need the sunlight. And as winter, as winter grows, as we enter it, the days get Shorter and shorter, and then night and the darkness extends. But we just celebrated the winter solstice. Did you know that the, the early church fathers, we don't know exactly when Jesus was born, but the early church fathers organized Christmas around the winter solstice. Because what happens in the winter solstice? The days start to get longer again. The reign of darkness extending its reach comes to an end and the light gets stronger. As the earth tilts towards the sun is very much symbolic of our life and the work of Jesus Christ and Him coming, the God-man being born. As John said, His light Shining in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Just as the earth tilts towards the sun and the light grows brighter, so, friends, we too, the light and the hope of Jesus Christ, we are meant to bend towards the light, towards the sun, that we might have hope the hope that Brian Lund has, the hope that Hugo Velarde has, and Ryan Brown's family. But we must bend towards the sun. We must, like the earth, tilt towards the sun. That the light may be born in us and live in us. And like Brian, we can say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's right. God is good all the time. Amen.